Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 108. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Paul Young, author of The Shack, and you're listening to Cliff and Stephanie and Family from the Heart. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here this week. We're going to talk about guidelines for your kids and social media and uh, other things. Other things. Stephanie, you were late in the studio today. How are things going? Are you having a good day? No. No? No. Why not? I, that That's for a whole nother show. All right. I'm, I'm not sharing that here. All right. So Stephanie's not having a good day. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing. It's not going to affect what I'm going to do here. I know. it. Well, it will, but that's fine. Only because you brought it up. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry I brought it up. Would you like to start over? We can no. do a do-over. No. All right. No, I'm fine. All right. So anyway, uh, we have a couple different things we want to share today. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is just go ahead and let you know that... Um, we got a couple pieces of audio feedback. We've got a question about social media guidelines for children. Uh, we also have a question. What it was? Is it Cicely that called in? Yes. Um, let me see here. Oh, yeah. She's got a question about packing kids for lunch. And we have a couple other pieces of audio feedback. I feel really off today because Why? you're off. I'm not off. I know. You're, well, you don't seem off, but I, I feel like you're okay. mad at me. I'm not mad at you. So it's not, you're not upset with me? I, I'm not upset with you particularly, no. Okay. No. All right. Because I'm like sitting here thinking, you know, my prohibitive conscience right? is all in. It's like, is she angry with me about no. something? No. Is that why you're not coming here with it? Okay. No. No. I I have my own show. I have a whole outlet that I have to fill later and uh, rather than. That's what you mean. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Because here, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, we, we started recording this. It's like, okay, I know that I've said some pretty, you know, harebrained things in the last, you know, day or two. And I'm like, is she that angry with me that she's like, just like really no. being bitter against something that I no, had said? No, I just, I have, you, I have a whole outlet that I have to fill later. And why not pour my heart out there? I got it. Rather than have people listen to it twice. Okay. Now, see, that sets my mind at ease because now I'm not so much concerned that, man, Stephanie's got something so bad that she she is so angry with me that she's not willing to share it in a podcast. No. Instead, you're not having a good day and you're going to share about it, but you're going to talk about it in the full-time mom podcast. Right. Whew. Yeah. Okay. I'm breathing now. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that, you know, you took it personally, but... That's all right. Okay. It's my prohibitive. I said something stupid this morning. You did. And so but I, 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 by the way, I don't, you think weren't I the have... only one. If, if that helps your <laughs> conscience, any, you weren't the only one. So. Uh, well, you I apologize know. for what I said. It, I didn't mean it to here, here. Can I say what I said this morning? Go ahead. Go ahead. We have, we have in our bathroom, uh, we have, uh, a, a well, everybody has probably a bathtub. Well, not everybody, but every, most people have a bathtub with a little ledge mm -hmm. at the edge of your bathtub. And on the bathtub is this growing collection of shampoo and conditioner bottles. It is. 
And uh, what happens is, of course, you know, before one runs out, you know, Stephanie will run to the store and grab another one. Or when they're on sale. Or when they're on sale, she'll, gra- she'll grab multiple items. And why are you putting your headphones on now? Because, uh, well, because I can't hear myself oh. the way that I'm supposed to hear myself. And so it's different. It, it was it was distracting, but I'm having a, a fairly decent hair day, You're which today day. I really need. Yeah. And I'll talk about that in the full time mom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, but I mean, so funny. I, I well, now you've brought it up and it will if I start now, it's going to totally no, no, move no. everything on your to do list to later. So no, no here, here's the thing. Look, this is the perfect teaser. Uh, episode, let's see, boundaries to protect immediate family. That was last week, right? Yes. Okay. So everybody here, everything that is going on in Stephanie's head right now, this is a total teaser for you. You must check out episode number 124 of full-time mom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How's right. that? Yes. All Which right. I apologize. will be plus member only. Oh, is it going to be plus member only? Okay. Well, it's plus I, member I have only. to say some things that, okay. I have to get some things off that can't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So I apologize. Anyway, you said something stupid. That's where you were with your story. Yeah, so collection I, of shampoo and so, conditioner. So this, there's this growing uh, yes. collection. And, and what happens is sometimes these shampoo bottles, we get these big, huge shampoo bottles and they have these they pumps have on them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's st- some still left in the bottom, even though you can't pump anything out. And it's like, how do we get this out here? And, you just and all need this to funnel thing. it. You need to funnel it or whatever. But uh, this morning, I I just thought it was funny because there were three shampoo bottles and two conditioner bottles and they're all sitting there lined up. And and jokingly, I said, hey, now that's twit pick worthy. And you got really upset with me. It's like, what did I? I mean, I, I just meant that it looked funny that there that we would have so right. many shampoo bottles all yes. lined up. OK. And I thought I think you, what you thought is that I meant that our bathroom is such a mess that this is no, I th- I I took what you said as what you said. Okay, this was twit pick worthy, right? And to which I responded, "If you twit pick my failure, I will leave you." And I see, and he, which was I apologize. That was the wrong response, and clearly I wouldn't leave you over twit picking. You know, seven shampoo bottles on the side of the bathtub. Was it seven? There's seven, right? Okay, um, <laughs> so it was okay. So it was seven. Yeah. All right, good. But. If you knew that that room represents every failure I have in myself, then you would understand my response. Okay, I can't. All right. You're right. It's been a bad morning. No, I'm not. Okay. Social media guidelines for our family. All right. Would be a good place to go right now. All right. We'll go to social media guidelines for our family. I'll tell you what we'll do is we will... uh, turn over to the phone call right here from Scott. Hey, Cliff, this is Scott Priestley. Just finished the the podcast uh, with uh, you and Andy on Be a Better Husband. And one of the things that you were talking about was uh, kid safety online. And I really would love to see some sort of a manifesto or a starter list uh, for parents to be able to use with their kids as a checklist. Uh, you brought up a lot of things that uh, I'm sure you've developed over the years, and I know I had a lot of things uh, when my kids were younger, uh, but they uh, um, I don't want people to miss anything because uh, it's that one thing that uh, if we miss it, um, that could be that could be bad. 
So that'd be a great uh, a great topic for a show. Hope you're well, man. Thanks for all you do. Talk to you soon. All right, Scott. So there certainly is a lot of issues uh, related to privacy. In fact, uh, Eric Fisher and I just finished recording, and I'm going to go over here and look. Uh, Social Media Serenity, episode number 39, which, by the way, episode 39 is called um, More on Facebook Privacy Issues. And and obviously, in the world of, of social media, the question is, how much information do you share with folks? And of course, you know, most of these conversations are related to us as adults, you know, and what we're sharing online and, and being cautious and thinking about these things. But it, it, it becomes even more important for us to have some thoughts and some guidelines about, you know, how are we teaching our children what is appropriate to share and what's not appropriate to share. And, and, and this isn't necessarily new to Facebook, to Twitter and all of these other sit- situations. But uh, it really goes all the way back to when instant messaging became really big. I mean, this is back in the wow mid the <laughs> mid nineties, right? And and what happened is you had a lot of AOL chat rooms and and stuff like that. And there was always stories about people who you know these pedophiles that would pretend to be young children, gaining the confidence of young people, and then finding information and learning a lot of thing about a lot of so much about them that they eventually find out where they live and then going and abducting them. Right. And and so th- this this kind of information has been around forever, way before Stephanie and I had children. So when we had children, you know, we started, you know, obviously you can tell that I'm a technology-minded person. And so we knew that we were going to one day face the fact that our children would want to also interact online. And I think we've talked about this in the past, but... One of the things that I don't believe in is basically hiding my kids from the technology. Right. I don't like the idea of saying, you know what, kids, you're not allowed to have this. Now, I think it was somebody in the chat room at at one point, and it might have been Jonathan, who's in our chat room even today, uh, had suggested that, you know, Facebook has a guideline that says you must be 13 years old to create a Facebook uh, profile. Right. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know... I I mean, I don't see any need for Megan or, uh, to have a Facebook profile before 13. I don't see any need 13. for me to have a Facebook profile, and I'm way older than 13. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where you just have to, and I think you have to know your kid. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the kind, that that's the approach that I take, is that I, I know them and, and I know or at least before this morning, I thought I did. And so we, we set guidelines based on that. But then there's overall, like Megan has no need or want for a Facebook account right now. So we that's not even a fight that we, you know, or an argument that we deal with. Right. Am I playing into what you were talking about that's or fine. not? Yeah. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Go All ahead. Right. So anyway, um, but but here's the situation. If our kids want to, if our kids express a desire to get onto these services, I'll be honest with you, as a parent, I'm going to fully embrace those opportunities, especially in the, not, Facebook is going to be something that I'm, I mean, I'm very hesitant about just because Facebook is, is it, they've got too many volatile things happening in their privacy settings 
and and so many things that they're spreading all around the web. I mean, they okay. your Facebook profiles no longer confined to you know facebook.com slash something else i mean your your profiles just like everywhere and anywhere and all that stuff but here's the situation megan is 10 years old and she has a twitter account and yes. has had a twitter account for over a year now uh, yeah. maybe maybe even as much as two years it's been a long time but uh she she's she's on twitter matthew is eight years old and he's been on twitter equally as long mm-hmm. mckenna is five years old and does not have a twitter account but it's not because we don't want her to. And in fact, I have a desire to get her hooked up As with the she, uh, she, she does also it's getting, um, like she's waiting for the right screen name. She, <laughs> she's waiting for the right user, um, name when, when Megan, um, s- signed up for Twitter, she put a lot of thought in which you coached her on putting a lot of thought into what her, um, her screen name. Her would screen be. name would be into what she would brand herself as. Yeah. Um, because at the same time she was, you know, doing this Hannah Montana podcast and, um, and and so teaching her about branding herself and how what she chose now would ultimately affect you know her later also because this stuff's going to be out there forever. Yeah. And and so McKenna Saul all of the, you know, time and energy Megan went into creating it, which actually she since changed yeah. her screen name. And what was um, she before? I don't remember. I can't remember either. No, I don't. Um, yeah, I really, I don't remember. That's that's the good, that is the one good thing I like about Twitter is that you can change your yes. username and you don't have to like cancel and restart over all your friends right. go with you and everything. You it, can just it, go in and change your, your ID. Right. And, so. and so McKenna won't, yeah, she, she's trying to come up with the right username. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, but, but the deal is, is, is I have no problem with my five-year-old having a Twitter account. Right. And, and why is this? Uh, and, and we've touched on this in the past, but the idea here is that moving forward, th- this is, this is a social media, socially connected world. I don't believe that this is a fad. I believe that you know, understanding how to use computers, understanding how to use touchscreen devices, understanding how to uh, to type and to to interact with people through social networking. I believe all of these things are going to be things that that are going to be required in any kind of work that they'll do in the right, future, right. whether they work for somebody else or they work for themselves. It's going to be important for them to know how to use technology. And I believe that introducing them to, you know, some of these social tools and introducing them to some, you know, number one, etiquette on how to use social media, but also educate them on some of the security issues of what you share and don't share is also important and and letting them know that ahead of time. Right. All righty. Are we? We're okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. When talking about the Twitter account, okay, you said that that you don't mind them having it. Obviously, we don't mind them having it. You know, most of them do. Did you talk about how we moderate their followers? Did I? We're going to talk about that. Okay, so you're going into so that. So you now. can talk about that. Okay. Well, uh, basically, that's just it. We their setting is on private, and um, which what does private mean? Are you familiar with this? I think it just means that you choose who sees your updates. Right. 
and um, anyone can request to be cho- you know, but you have to approve them. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So so here's the thing: if you if you were to look up you know Meg's art rocks that m e g s a r t r o c k s, and what will happen is you will go to our page and it'll say this user's uh, timeline is private. Right. Meaning that you can't see any of the tweets, and of course you'll have the opportunity if you want to to request to be you know to right. be granted access to see those updates. And what happens is, uh, in her account when she logs in, she has a list of all the people who have requested to to follow her. And of course, we have sat down and said, yeah, we Listen, sit down with her and, and go through the list and say, okay, yeah, you know, we know this person. And we don't know this person, you know, and so we've we've gone about it that way and it seems to work right now. Right. And and the thing is, is is like, listen, we know this person and I know this person well enough and I trust this person. But there's really no no reason this person needs to know what what you're saying on Twitter. And so, you know, to be honest with you, if anybody's ever requested to follow Megan or Matthew and you've never been approved. I, you know, I hope that you don't get offended, but we are, I am extremely selective yes. about who we allow to follow their tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's the situation. And it's not like they tweet a lot. So no, oh gosh, about <laughs> once every three months right now. Right. right. Yeah. They're both like on my unfollow list because <laughs> their Twitter messages are so few and far between. Right. On your unfollow list? I unfollow people who don't tweet oh. for like over five, six so months. Did you unfollow our kids? No, I haven't unfollowed my kids. <laughs> although today I might. Okay. Yeah. All but, right. Um, but so so it's, yeah, you're not really, it, it's totally um, moderated. Totally, Sorry. Totally moderated. So so here, here's the other thing now. Um, today, Eric Fisher and I talked about on Facebook that they had a technical glitch that on Facebook, you know, that they have the ability to chat back and forth between users, right? Yes. And some t- those chats, those conversations that you have are archived so that the next time you start a chat, you can actually see what oh, all really? you had chat before. Yeah. It's kind of just archives it a little bit. Okay. Well, there was a glitch in the system that allowed you to go in and change your privacy settings. And there was an option in there. It says, hey, preview how thi- how my profile is going to look to this friend or to this person. And so basically, you can actually, your profile will look different to different people based upon the settings that you choose. Okay. And so you, I could actually go in and say, hey, show me how my profile would look to Stephanie. And so I can choose that. And the glitch actually allowed me at that point, when I click that, I, I could then go down to your chat box on your on your profile and I could actually read all of the chat sessions that you've had with all of your friends. Fun. All right. Right. So total glitch in the system, total exploit. They shut they they've actually shut Facebook chat completely down and it's down for maintenance. So here's the other thing. Sounds like a smart move. Yeah, no doubt. So here's the situation. Even though, even though our children have Twitter accounts and they're marked private, I want my kids to understand this, that you never put anything on your Twitter account that you would not want everybody in the world to see. And we've, and being that we live online, Mm -hmm. we have specifically set out a list of things that are no goes. You, you can't, you know, we, we even 
you and I try not to share these things. And if we do, we go back and edit it out. It's the one time that we do still edit yeah. is when these things come out. So the first thing is we never say the school name. Right. We never use their school name and um, or their teacher's names, the mascot, a sports name. You know, we all of that stuff is um, it, it's private and, and it's personal. So, so like, for example, why can't I, why can't I say the name of, you know, why can't I say that I go to the YMCA and, and the name of our team? And, the, and I said, well, let's just put it this way. Let's just, and, and I basically have given them examples of, of how people have pretended to be mm-hmm. children and best friends with people. And then all of a sudden how they can track that down. It's like all well, of a I sudden. Think one thing that we do, because. I'm just going to set up your story here is that one thing that we do is we are very honest with our kids. Yes. And, um, maybe a little bit overly worst case scenario when we share stories like this. Okay. Um, some, sometimes like last week we had a discussion with McKenna about the dentist Yeah. and, and the fit that she threw and what having to go to the hospital meant. And while you're explaining that to her, I'm thinking like, holy cow, she's five. You know, this is total worst case scenario. She's, she's five. And, um, so I think that sometimes we, in some things tend to go, you know, a little overboard, but where this, I think that it's truly important that they understand just how bad things can be. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. So I forgot what I was saying, but you, anyway, you were saying you explained oh, to them how people so pretend to be children. We, we, one of the other things that we don't allow them to mention is what city you live in. You know, you, you don't, you can right. sit, you, and it, there's really no reason, reason for you to share with people what state you live in. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're in, in fact, some of this would apply to adults. I mean, if you're really concerned about your privacy right. there, uh, but the thing we is, we have an that, online friend who does not share the city that she lives in. Right. Who's that? Rachel. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So, uh, but that's cool. So the situation though, is that, um, you know, I, I explained to them that, you know, Hey, somebody can find out what state you live in and then they find out what city you live in. And once they find out what city you live in, if they can get the name of your school, the name of a teacher, they can go, people can go right, and find, if you find the name of a teacher, you can find the name of the school that they work at. Exactly. You know, and, and so it's, you know, just telling them that this is something that needs to be that needs to be protected. Um, also are things like um, not mentioning their friends' last names, you know, because while we have opened ourselves up to living online, we need to protect our, our friends' right. you know, privacy as well. Um, what else do we have here on your list? Uh, well, <laughs> the next one is something that um, is, is very big for us is moderated computer use. Yes. All right. So number one, you don't get on the computer without permission. And number two, you don't get on the computer without mom or dad present. And we also have a very strict no computer in your room policy, which uh, Megan tried to see how far she could go the other like a week ago. I think yeah. it was. And uh, it was it was last week because we were talking about these that we were making this list and talking about talking about this on the show today thinking and I'm like wait a minute doesn't Megan have that computer in her room and she was totally you know pushing her boundaries and seeing you know yeah how busy is dad really mm-hmm. you know how long will it be before he realizes he told me to, to return that computer and I didn't yeah 
So she got busted for that. She did get busted. That's for sure. So the thing is with moderated computer use, it's, it's important. I think, you know, for our children, you know, to know that we're around, that we're monitoring, monitoring this stuff. Um, you know, the, the important thing here is to, to know what is it, what is it that your kids are looking at online? You know, what websites are they browsing? What YouTube videos are they watching? Right. You know, and I mean, the, these, these things are important things to know and to be in. And, and so if you're, I, I believe that if your child has a computer in their room and, and of course you may think, you know, whatever your child, children's responsibility level is and stuff and maturity level is at any certain given age, but whatever at age 10, I still don't think that it's, it's appropriate for a child to have, or at least any of our children to have a computer in their room. Right. Because they're, you know, you can just get into a lot of stuff. The other thing that we do is time limits. Time limits. Time limits. Uh, we don't allow our kids to be in front of a computer all day long. I mean, we try to limit it. So, there have been times <laughs> when it... Been, right. I'm just, I smile because we need to know that while we share these guidelines for our family, I think that we need to be upfront and honest and say, you know, sometimes they're broken. Yeah. Yeah. That. But, but, it, yeah. but but we but we do we do understand that the desire here is that we don't want to allow our kids to spend their entire day in front of a computer. Right. I am totally cool with our kids interacting with technology, getting the fullest benefit of it. But at the same time, I want our kids to understand what the blue skies look like and <laughs> and what this thing called the sun is and, right. and what physical activity is and. And stuff like that, and what face-to-face friends are, are are like as well. I think it's important to to understand and, and to 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 do more than just technology, right? So absolutely. But those those are primarily our guidelines. The the big thing is is and and this this is the thing. And and some you know some of my friends today you know question about whether or not I'm overly paranoid. But here here's here's my philosophy, and this is my own personal philosophy. Imagine everything you put into a social network available for anybody in the world with just a quick Google search. Mm -hmm. I think you should just assume that whether that be your you're chatting with somebody via instant message, whether you're sending somebody an email, whether you're posting a, a picture on Facebook, whether you're tweeting a tweet. Don't assume everything's private and only available to the people you chose, because even though that may be the case, a quick little upgrade to somebody's system could provide a glitch that makes it available. And even if it's only available for, you know, two or three hours and they fix it right away, there's a possibility that some search engine somewhere picked it up and it's now archived forever. Right. You know, and so just be cautious of this. And so this is the thing that I tell my kids is like, listen, you're going to have, you know, you get into chatting and stuff like that. I don't it, just because you're in your, you're in a chat room and you know the person you're talking to just understand whatever you say in that conversation may possibly come out and be available in public mm-hmm. just recognize that and so somebody says well yeah gosh what about face to face you know people could just quote you there and the the same thing's true I, I tr- teach my children it's like listen don't say anything to a friend of yours that you wouldn't want them to go around and repeat right you know so, I mean, if you want to sit there and you want to bad talk another friend that the two of you know, you know, th- there's a good chance that that person's going to go and say what you just said, you know, and mm-hmm. it, you just got to be smart about what you're sharing. And when you're online, the private information, the personal, the the sensitive information and, and the kids need to understand what sensitive information is, what information can lead people 
to stalk me. Right. And, and I have no problem. You know, if, if, the, if that scares my children just a little bit to know that somebody could, uh, you know, create a profile become a friend of theirs online and over the course of 18 months to two and a half years, develop a relationship with them where they feel like, wow, this is the most coolest friend I have. I've never met them face to face, but man, they're really cool to find out that that could possibly be a 54 year old man that is actually following you uh, to and from school. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If that scares you, that's okay with me because I want you to know that that actually really does happen. Right. And if that's me being paranoid as a parent, so be it. What do you think about that, Steph? I don't think it's being paranoid. I think that it's being cautious. I'm, I I think that, you know, I wish my parents would have scared me a little bit more when I was three and four mm-hmm. and, um, and had built a relationship where I wasn't afraid to, to talk to them about things, you know, but, um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Right. I don't. Very cool. Well, then at least you and I are on the same page with one yes. another. And I think that there is a, a fine line between being paranoid and, um, or not a fine line, a, a thicker line than some might think between being paranoid and being cautious. Yeah. Paranoid would be if I never let my children out of my sight. And you never let your kid have a Twitter account. And never let your kid yeah. interact on a computer. That, never that let would, your kid do that these That would things. be paranoid. But being cautious is giving them not only the privilege of being, and in our house it is called a privilege and it can be taken away. Um, Being cautious is giving them the privilege of being, of having these things, but giving them the information they need to make themselves safe as well. Yes. Providing That's, education there, a, to yeah. your children. And, and, and this is a, and, and I must say that this is a very difficult thing for a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can, I, and I don't want to, I definitely don't want anybody to feel like, you know, Hey, I don't let my kids touch any of that stuff. And I don't want you to think you're a bad parent because of that, because you know mm-hmm. what? I can understand if you don't understand how the, the technology is working and stuff like that. I can understand how that could be very intimidating to know that your kids could be on there and potentially open to so many things. But I think that I think the important thing is to educate ourselves. Absolutely. And then ed, and provide and then, education right. to our children. And, 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 you know, Andy Traub and I were talking, he invited me, he's got a podcast. He, he, he just started um, called be a better husband mm-hmm. at be a better husband podcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw that you were on there. I know. <laughs> it's pretty funny, uh, isn't it's it? Funny. No, <laughs> no, not funny. Like the way that, you're meaning funny, but nothing. Go ahead. Okay. So anyway, um, the title is funny. That's what I, I, ah. I like that there is a man out there who created a podcast called be a better husband. Yeah. And you guys can check that out by the way at be a better husband podcast.com. Right. Good friend of mine, Andy Traub. He also does a show uh, called business tech weekly. He misses you with me. I saw that he's been very public about it. I was going to say I'll mail him to you, but you know, <laughs> I, was, I didn't think that was the right public time. <laughs> nice. So, so, um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? Oh, but on, on there, mm-hmm. I shared with him something and I completely lost what I was going to say. You were talking about media kids. Yep. Cautious. No, it's gone. Educate. Yeah. Go listen to episode number or whatever. <laughs> I think it might be episode two or three or something. I, I can't remember what I said. I'm I was going to say something, I, but I had told him that, yeah, it's gone. I'm sorry. So anyway, <laughs> but it just happens sometimes. With the information goes? 
Yeah. Yeah. The, that happens yeah. to me all the, the time. The, the thing I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. If we ramble enough, it'll come back. I know it will. Okay. It, and it'll probably come back right after we say so, enjoin right. the community. The last thing that we have here on the limits, and this is a big one in our house, is um, YouTube boundaries. Yeah. And um, I th- a lot of times our kids will get on there and, you know, you, you type something into YouTube that seems rather, um, you know, they search something that seems rather innocent for what they're looking for and they get some things that aren't so innocent yeah. and, and things that we don't really want them to, to see. So that was the last thing you had on your list here was, right. was the YouTube um, boundaries Yeah, and what's appropriate to look at what's not yeah. and stuff like that. And, and, and the other thing is, is, is here's the well, deal. I don't think so much with, with kids, it's not so much as what's appropriate to look at and what's not. I, I think right now where our kids are, it's a lot like, I think this is funny, but mom won't, but I'm going to look at it anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and so those are the things that we're having issues with now that has issued a no YouTube um, policy in our house at this point, because some things are just getting, I caught Megan the other day watching Madonna videos while um, some of them are quite, mm-hmm. my child shouldn't be watching. Well, I I will say if you have problems with your child watching the Madonna videos, you might want to con- reconsider letting her watch Glee. I understand that because and that's I am exactly where some things. That's where the inspiration to go and look that stuff up. I know comes from. I know. Which, by the way, I talked about you know the fact that we do let our children watch Glee and 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 how we open you know basically that that's not def- definitely aren't the principles and values we want to teach our children. But why why do we let our kids watch some things that many Christian parents would be like? There's no way my kids are ever going to watch that. And and I, I are you am, asking me? Yeah, that question? I'm asking you that. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't know. I can't answer for you, and I don't know if our answer will be the same. But I can tell you that on a better day than today. Megan and I, and even Matthew and I, because Matthew watched a movie with me the other day that I, while watching it, thought, you know, there's, he should not be watching this, but um, have some very serious and real conversations about what's going on in these shows. And that while it's not how we want to behave, it is what we're going to face in the world. Right. And as, as believers, we are called to be in the world, not of the world. Right. And so if I completely shelter my kids from every influence of this type of behavior, then I've done them a disservice. Right. But if I teach them that this is what's going on out here and this is how we should behave, then you're laughing at me. No. <laughs> I know you're not laughing at me, but, but you see what I'm seeing, right? I, like, I just saw something in the chat room. I'm not even looking at the chat room now. It, they're, 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 they, somebody had commented that you looked like you were sitting on the floor because of the way the camera is tilted. Uh-huh. And and R- Richie in the chat room says, and he says, I'm still wondering why the toilet paper is sitting there. So you'll have to go back and listen to the beginning. <laughs> yes. So I'm yeah. sorry. I needed it. Yeah. There, there are no tissues available. Toilet paper was the closest thing. And, like, and, um, and I'm like, well, toilet paper. And I look into the video and I'm like, yep, right here. there's a big roll of toilet paper right there. You know, I, and I'm not ashamed of it. People tell me you've never wiped crying eyes with toilet paper before. There you go. It's better than ruining my makeup. That's exactly true. You just struck a nerve. Sorry, dude. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying was, um, 
I can show my kids what to expect and teach them what I expect right. of them. Yes. By watching these shows. Absolutely. Cause, and here's the deal, you know, we're not, obviously we're not going to keep our kids from ever spending the night at friend's house. Right. And, and there's obviously different parents have different guidelines and, and some are more la- relaxed and everything. Uh, and, and the, the kids go to school and like, for example, family guy, family guy is still something we've not let our kids no. watch yet. Right. But our kids come home from school and quote entire scenes of Family Guy. I know. Our kids have never watched Family Guy, but they'll come home and they can quote an, an entire me scene. Crazy. And why is me that? No end. Because what's her name said, and I and I know her right. name. I, just I know you say. know her name. But what's her name goes to, goes to school after memorizing it and teaches it to all her classmates yes. and, and stuff like Thank that. Thank you. What's her name? Exactly. So, so the deal is, is, is when they go over and they do sleepovers and stuff like that, I don't want that to be the first time that they're right exposed to that, exposed to this yeah. stuff. And I don't want them to be exposed to this stuff without some understanding of, you know, the principles and values that our family has regarding those topics. Right. And so what you actually shared, Stephanie, is exactly what I told Andy in okay. the Be a Better Husband podcast is oh, okay. why do we allow, we, we understand that we are to be in the world, not of it. And you know what? Glee shows a lot of things. That a lot it, of things. it shows premarital sex, teenage it, pregnancy, teenage pregnancy. It shows homosexuality, it, pressures it, of of being popular and not being popular. I mean, it really does show a very wide variety of what is a lot of what's really going on, right? You know, in high school. Yeah, and so so I feel like some of these things can be controlled exposure to these elements, right? And 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 can be opportunities for education. Now I, I, I would totally oppose the concept of our children just sitting down and watching these shows on their own. Right. But the fact is, is that either you and myself both or you sit down and watch these shows with them. Right. And, and and so I I think that's the important thing. But, but again, I will say that, you know, it, it it does inspire them to want to look up Madonna videos and, and to see all these other things. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta, choose your battles and what you're going right. to, what we're going to do. And, and, and it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to sit. Cause the thing is, is one of the, one of the, obviously as parents, we have the authority and the ability to impose our belief system on our children. Right. And, and, and sometimes I struggle with whether or not that's our responsibility to quote unquote, impose our values and principles on our children. Rather than, you know, it, it, you know, when, what is, how, how can we effectively express our family's values and principles in a way that they will come to accept them as their own? Right. Does that make sense? It does. And that's very difficult. It is. But it's something that we desire to find that, that line. We don't want our kids. Here's, here's the problem that I think with imposing our values on our kids and saying, listen, you will never do this. You will. And why? Because it's wrong. Uh, I think it's important for us to give the moral reason behind the decisions and the guidelines and the boundaries and, and stuff like that. And, and the reason why is because if all of a sudden our kids know, well, mom and dad doesn't like this. Well, you that's going to be what they want the, to do. Mom and dad don't like this. Well, it's not necessarily the, no, the, that, the that opposite. Is, yeah. 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 You always want to do things that you're not allowed to do. That's right. But the other thing is, is they will actually come to the point where, you know what, when I'm in mom and dad's house, Sure thing. I'm not going to do it. But boy, mom and dad ain't anywhere around right, here. Right. I can load. I can light up some marijuana with some friends. That's no big deal because mom and dad won't even know. 
You know, it's like, it's like, listen, it's not, it's not, you know, that's why I've never, while you're in my house, you'll never do this. And like, wait, it's like, okay, I understand that. And then for adult kids, sure thing, you know, adult kids make their own decisions, but man, don't, I can't imagine saying to my tenure while you're in my house, you'll never, it's like, no, while you're in my house, let's have a dialogue and discussion as Jonathan puts in the chat room. Well, he says, he says with discussion um, or dialogue afterward. And I think that, that, it's very important to know that ours is with dialogue. It, it is not just giving this, you know, preachy um, lecture afterwards. It, it's true dialogue yeah. on what did you see here? You know, what, what did you, why did you think that was funny? You know, right. um, okay, yes, you, there, there's an SNL skit that, that, we just, well, we've talked about it here, the, the fart face one, right? Oh, yes. And at the end, the guy, in, in the, he shot himself. And um, we all laughed. I And I'm not kidding, all, five of us, Cliff and I included, yeah. we laughed. But then afterward, we had this huge, dialogue. huge dialogue about, okay, that was funny right here on TV, but is that really funny? You know, what's wrong with us that, that we actually laughed yeah, why, at that? Why did, why we, did laugh? we laugh? And, um because there's nothing funny about making fun of someone and um, somehow they pulled it off and, and made it, you know, hysterical. And, and I will tell you, I, I still think it's funny to this day. And, it, I, and it is, I don't understand why. It is the why. funniest SNL skit I have ever seen. And I guarantee you, if you pulled it up right now, I would laugh out loud. Yeah. And um, but we had a serious dialogue with our kids about what it, that really means is it appropriate is it appropriate to you know and um so but i think that absolutely it, it's a dialogue it, it's both ways it's right. telling them what we want them to know and how we want to educate them but in the same time it is listening to them and them telling us what yeah light bulb and cliff said it is listening to them um tell us what they got out of it yes. you know and and so and those are equally important. I remember now what I told Andy okay, go ahead. on the be a better husband podcast. All right. All right. Don't interrupt me because I'm going to try to get this one out there. All right. I told him that Stephanie and I are not raising children. I'm not. We are not raising children. I don't think it is our responsibility to raise our children at all. I think it's impo- I think it's important to raise actually raise our children. Yes. Raising children. No, no. We want to raise adults. We want to, uh, we want to raise responsible, moral yeah. adults. Yes, morally responsible adults. <laughs> and um, more that that yeah. that is our desire. Our desire is not to raise kids. Our desire it's to, is to raise morally responsible adults. Right. So basically, we have we have been given a a, a canvas, you know, to to kind of to kind of you know share. The and then give impressions of the things that God has given us, and and to instill these in our children in such a way that when they grow up, they will take on and become a morally responsible adult that has something of value to offer to this world. Right, and that is our desire. And so, some of those things, you know, obviously, you know, if my and again, it goes back to the social media stuff. Um, some of those things that I believe our kids will have to offer to the world will be through technology and being able to embrace, embrace, embrace change and, and to accept technology and to accept things that sometimes are used for very horrible things. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and some things that, you know, not, I mean, sometimes Twitter can be used for bad stuff. Facebook can be used for bad stuff. I mean, you know, YouTube can be used for bad stuff. But by golly, let's not just completely block you off from all of it. Right. You know, when appropriate and with the right boundaries and guidelines and some etiquette, let's talk about how we can use these things for positive change in our world. And and I think that it starts at, you know, it, it's 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 silly to think it's like, OK, at what age will we allow, allow our kids to start, you know, embracing this technology? And, you know, it's, it's like for some people, it's just like it, it just becomes more difficult. It's not as natural. And I love that, you know, our five year old daughter can totally navigate an iPhone and knows how to to do all sorts of stuff. I she mean, does. You know, I, I guarantee you right now she could sit there and send out a Twitter. She if would she be didn't a, have to put in a password. She could buy things off of iTunes. Yes. But she no, doesn't know the password. There's no question. That's why there's passwords. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I and now, absolutely and, know. And I, and I guarantee you that if we gave her the iPhone and, and just showed her Twitter one time. She'd have it. She would. Be, she knew how to work my iPhone before I did. She. I bet you she would be able to tweet purple, <laughs> yellow, orange, and red. And red. Yes. She would be able to tweet those because she knows how to spell all of those and McKenna. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So anyway, I I, th- I think that's pretty cool. But at the same time, that scares a lot of parents. It does. You're five year old on <gasps> Twitter. Seriously, you know. Uh, let me screw up my kids. You screw up yours. There you, you know? go. And so, <laughs> <laughs> a nice way. I'm saving for their. I'm I'm saving for their therapy. I promise. I but know. um, I'm gonna have to use some of that this week on my therapy. But anyway. Um, it, it, it's, it's a personal, I, I think that it's a personal decision. It, it is knowing your children and, um, and, and knowing yourself. Yeah. It, it, it's a personal decision. I don't think that, you know, um, I would not call another mom wrong no. for not wanting her kids interacting in social media. And I would hope that I would get the same respect back. Right. And them not call me wrong for allowing my kids to be in it. Right. Um, Vicky in the chat room says, I, I know when I grew up, I was a little shocked about the world. No information can be scary and damaging as well is what she says. Um, and Richie actually says, let me screw up. My kid would make a nice t-shirt. It would. Actually, I might make myself one. That is a good idea for a t-shirt. Let me screw up my kid. That, that's the new t- that that's the new full-time mom. That that's the new <laughs> the new tagline. <laughs> Stephanie. Uh, no, I was thinking like the new product. Oh, the new product. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like we did the mugs, yes. you know? How about full-time mom t-shirts? Let me screw up my kid. There you go. All right, so let's turn to an email from Anita. Do you want to read that real I'll, quick? I will read it. Let me get back over. Love there really getting quick. our updates from South Africa. I do too. They're they're about to end though. Should, yeah, should I know. Stateside soon enough. June, I think. Right. I think so. All right. At the beginning, yes. Um, hey, Cliff and Steph. Um, I. Okay, just listening to the latest episode of Family from the Heart and had to laugh at your comment about just moving to South Africa to save money on groceries. It's true, organic food is so much cheaper here, but if you do your research, you can save a lot of money in the States. Our 500 a month grocery budget in the States included gluten and dairy-free foods, as well as all organic and wild, in quotation, um, foods. We were fortunate enough to have a most 
a mostly local grocery store that specialized in local organic produce and meats, as well as other grocery items. The prices were actually pretty comparable to the regular produce at Kroger's, and um, and the meats were only a little more expensive. If you have a Whole Foods, they're still pretty expensive, but okay, but they're getting so much better with most items. Um, also, instead of going into a co-op for your produce, look into having produce delivered once a week. We went through a door-to-door. We went through door-to-door organics.com, but I can't remember where they are available. They're not available in our area, but okay. I did look. Okay. That would be awesome. It would be. That would be incredible. Um, you get a set amount of produce each week as opposed to having it based on the crop. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna stop here for a second and say that now we need to base where we're gonna move on which area has door to door organics and K twelve right K twelve <laughs> yeah and so we'll we'll do our research and we'll end up in the right place right yeah okay we'll be back in the states the first week of June so I'll have to start figuring figuring all that stuff out again depending on where we end up. But I've gotten pretty good at it, so hopefully it won't take me as long this time. The map I put together for Denver took me about a month. Anyway, if folks are interested, when we get ourselves set up, I plan on putting all the information up on glocalfamily.com. G-L-O-C-A-L-F-A-M-I-L.com. Which, which that was me spelling it, not, not Anita. <laughs> which has been on hiatus this year. Um, But it's coming back as a blog. And one of the first things I plan on doing is to research different cities and where to buy what if you're trying to feed your family healthier foods. I'll also incorporate the cooking techniques I learned here. I will never buy canned beans again. Love you guys. Very cool. All right. So Shannon K wrote in and uh, she says, hi Cliff and Stephanie just caught up on family from the heart listening to the past three episodes. I had a cold this week, and while I was sitting in bed with my iPad trying to distract myself from getting hysterical from a coughing fit, I decided to watch Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution. I watched all six episodes on YouTube, and I thought it was pretty interesting. For one thing, I'm from Southern California, so the schools looked significantly different from the high schools uh, or from the schools in my area. I'm not sure how much of this is times changing and how much is location, some of both, I suspect. Uh, since I discussed it with my husband who is from the South later and his school experience was similar to what I saw on the show. For example, I was surprised that when he asked for knives and forks, they had real metal ones. When I was in school, we always got plastic sporks. Uh, but then the little trays our school's lunches came with, came in were disposable and I didn't have a cafeteria. Just outdoor lunch tables, though I'm surely this sure this is climate related. Another thing that surprised me is that it looked almost like all the kids were getting the school lunch at the beginning. At my elementary school, I would estimate that not half the kids brought the or that about half the kids of the lunch or school brought lunch on an average day. This makes me wonder if this is a lower income area and more of the kids could be getting free or more subsidized subsidized school meals. One thing I think Jamie got wrong, though, was identifying some of the food the kids had brought from home. There was one little girl who he had said had jelly beans, but I think it was actually those rainbow color 
colored uh, fruity fruity gloss cereals. Gross cereals. You Gross cereals. To, yes. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Um, which it was. It, she had she had a, a rainbow colored cereal, and he called it he jelly beans. Tr- she had tricks instead yeah. of jelly beans. Right. But still not as well. Maybe tricks aren't as bad as jelly beans, but I, still probably, sugary. Right. Okay. Another kid had rainbow goldfish crackers that Jamie thought were um, biscuits, which I take to be British for cookies. Okay. On the subject of canned tomatoes, I think canned is supposed to be good for. I think canned is supposed to be good for tomatoes. I recall a pantry raid episode of Good Eats where Alton Brown talked about canned tomatoes, um, and then she puts the YouTube clip in. He chooses canned whole tomatoes, so if you want to go by that wisdom, you could still use the canned tomatoes. Use the canned tomatoes, but get whole ones and chop them up yourself, which I actually did the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, Tomatoes are definitely one of the things I always buy organic or from the fruit stand, and I think there's a significant taste difference. A couple of years ago, my grandfather started growing tomatoes, but he hasn't been able to garden for the past year or so. On entertaining a two-year-old, not from my experience with my own child since I don't have any, but from my childcare experience at church and watching my much younger cousins, coloring and books are good, and Play-Doh is always a hit. Lots of two-year-olds I've watched have liked play food and kitchen a lot, boys included. A couple weeks ago, um, A's for vid- okay. A couple weeks ago, an A's for video. Um, my go-to video in the two-year-old room is the Disneyland sing-along. I think sing-alongs are really good for two-year-olds, and I love the VeggieTales ones um, and VeggieTales in general. But even though we have lots of other sing-along videos in... I keep losing my place. Sorry. In the two-year-old room at church, the Disneyland one never lets me down. I don't know if this would work the same with kids who don't live six miles from Disneyland, but it's my favorite video to put in, and the kids like every song, and I honestly like the songs too. I was so interested in the summer workbooks Stephanie talked about that even though I do not yet have children, I bookmarked them for future reference. Actually, it reminded me of something I did as a kid, possibly even two summers in a row. I think I was in junior high or maybe even just fifth or sixth grade when my friend and I set up prep school, in quotations. Um, Near the end of the summer, I got my younger sisters and their friends to let us teach them school. We broke up into groups, had reading, math, etc. I'm pretty sure I actually taught one of my sister's friends how to sound out words. In regards to the cost of organic food, I remember a Nutrition Diva podcast episode about organic produce, and it mentioned the produce that you should buy organic to avoid um, the most chemicals, and she lists the link. Very cool. Thanks for mentioning um, that link with the search for local farms. I live in Orange County, so we have a lot of local produce, especially fruit, though not as many oranges as we used to, but it's okay since we have an orange tree in our backyard. And I've always been able to buy strawberries at the strawberry stand where you can see the strawberry field right next to the stand. And seriously, there's no other acceptable way to get strawberries in my opinion. Sometimes they have other produce depending on the season, but I didn't think that we would have little farms for things like eggs and milk and meat. I don't see places for meat like you guys probably have, but I expect that's regional. I did see a couple of little farms that have fresh eggs and stuff. Um, I don't eat much meat. I'm very, um, I'm very, 
meat picky and I don't care for beef in most situations. I don't like steak and for most things that call for ground beef, I would much rather have ground turkey. But then my mom almost always uses ground turkey when I was growing up. Um, where am I? I pretty much only I pretty, yeah. I pretty much only like roast beef and the occasional cheeseburger. Although at home, I prefer turkey burgers. Related to eating less processed food, though, I have been making my own bread using the method from the Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day book, and it's honestly so simple that when I was sick this week and didn't feel like making more dough, I was able to write husband-friendly instructions, and Jared was able to mix and bake the bread himself. And even though he got some of the flowers wrong, it still came out fine. Okay, that's a lot, but I'm tired. But I tried to highlight some of the key phrases so you'd be able to tell what each section is about. Excellent. Shannon. All right. So lots of stuff there. Thank you for all that awesome feedback. I do want to say the Alton Brown uh, video actually said something. Uh, Alton Brown said something which I've heard other places. And it's about these tomatoes at the grocery store. Right. That they are, you know, picked green. Mm hmm shipped thousands of miles to your grocery store. And then they, they turn them red with gases. And yes, stuff. they yeah. turn it red with, is it ethylene gas? Anyway, I, I can't remember. But anyway, they, they turn them red with gas. Right. And and, and Shannon is right. There is that my, my, um, we get tomatoes from my grandma all summer long. Um, if I was smart, I'd have her teach me how to can them. But um, there's a distinct difference in the, in the flavor. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were talking about the gases and, I was just going to say the, the guess is and, and, and some of those tomatoes, they just don't taste like tomatoes. Right. No, they don't. They don't mm -hmm. taste like tomatoes at all. And the canned uh, stuff, the Alton Brown thing said, yes, definitely get the whole canned tomatoes. Mm -hmm. uh, he likes whole peeled tomatoes, but he says definitely if you're going to buy canned tomatoes, you must cook them. Don't use them like in, don't cut right. them, don't use them in salsa. Right. You know, you must cook them because he says that way you can cook out. And I think he said any pathogens. Okay. So anyway, I, I can't remember for certain, but definitely he said cook them. All right. Mm -hmm. So that, that's an important thing. Jonathan says door-to-door uh, -door organics com seems to have UPS delivery, though it does add $13 uh, per box per week delivered. I wonder if this expands the delivery system or when they say Virginia, it's Virginia that they can UPS to. Hmm, good question. That's a very good question. If anybody knows, give us a call. 859-795-4067. We're already at an hour. Can you know, believe that? I know. I just want to, uh, real quick here, I want to say thank you to um, Mardell.com. M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart and you get 10% off your entire order. Last week um, was the last week of the month. We got our final numbers in for Mardell. Guys, uh, let's just put it this way. In February 2010, the GSPN community used uh, the promo code GSPN in the shopping cart 14 times. In the month of March, the GSPN community used the promo code in uh, GSPN in the shopping cart 35 times, which was a record, which by the way. the record. And get sure. this. In April, just this last month, 67 orders using promo code GSPN. I can't begin to tell you how awesome that is. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you this week, by the way. Oh, and, and the summer, the summer bridge activity mm -hmm. books, big, huge uh, turnout. A lot of people bought those. Really? The veggie cool. tails for $5 each. 
huge, huge uh, order of those. And and here's the other thing. It's because we sat here singing. Sing. Get this. The Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. All of those books. Yes. All of them. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. I've got it written right here. $6.99 for the entire series of books. For the set. $6.99 for the entire set of the books of the Chronicles of Narnia. And folks, you can find that at um, gspn.tv slash Narnia. Go get those while they last, my friends. gspn.tv slash Narnia. If you have not read the Chronicles of Narnia to your kids, definitely go get this series of books. $6.99 for all of them is unbelievable. And then the last thing I will say, as I am actually going to click the button number five here... The last thing that I will say is that Mardell is working on a brand new site for us uh, to to give you our recommended products. And so we want to encourage you to check out, go to Mardell.com slash GSPN. How awesome is that? That's pretty cool. So you can go to Mardell.com slash GSPN. Anyway, folks, we're going to run out of here. So sorry to go over an hour, but uh, we just uh, want to say thank you for subscribing. Thank you to Mardell. And we'll be, back. we'll be back next week. How's that? Anyway, so, until next time, everybody, join, join the community. You said it wrong. All right. Until anyway, next time, join, join the, the community. community. There you go. Bye, everybody. Bye.